0: This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents... From the
1: Massive Studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Dell and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to another episode of The Cloudcast, uh, coming to you live from the Massive Studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And once again, uh, Aaron, back on the show, you and I at the same time, which is... Uh, might become a rarity here over the next few weeks. So folks don't get
0: don't get too used to this. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. We have got a couple here in a row and then of course summer travel and schedules kick in as usual. And so I think it's gonna be one or the other for probably the next month or so.
1: Yeah. So the good news is uh we've got a bunch of shows schedules sort of lined up. Uh we're gonna get them recorded. We'll kinda leak them out over the next few weeks and uh and then we'll get back into a regular schedule but we've got the the good news is since we sort of flopped the show a little bit in terms of focus um we got a really big backlog so that's that's good in terms of guests and different topics and stuff to, to focus on so that's, that's kind of cool new blood yeah new blood and and hopefully uh new interesting things to listen to so anyways um so you know like we talked about we're going to we're going to kind of be focused much more on folks that are doing automation devops kind of some of the next generation sort of stuff and so our guest tonight uh was on so sort of alumni of the show so uh welcome back jason edelman first and foremost thanks for being on tonight man thanks for having me um so you were on i was just looking it up you were on back in october and you know at the time we were we were kind of digging into because um you know you you background wise come from uh Lots of lots of kind of core uh what people might consider like traditional networking, and at the time you were just starting to dig into um, some of the sdN stuff uh, you had done a little work at one of the sdn startups and then kind of got back into kind of the more bleeding edge but traditional stuff and um, so we had dug into that, and then i've been watching your blog because it's one of the the better ones that i that I read lots of lots of detail you're doing a lot of experimentation, and you've been doing a lot more stuff around. Kind of the DevOps tools, Docker, Ansible, all those sort of things. So we wanted to get you back on, and uh, why don't you kind of what's what's been going on in terms of your projects? What are you learning lately? What's what's sort of new in the last six months?
2: Yeah, cool. So I guess there's there's quite a bit going on, and you know, I can probably put it into a few buckets. And you, you know, you've hit a bunch of them already. But you know, I've spent a bunch of time you know with Ansible just to focus on that. You know, for you know, for a little bit, you know, I was introduced to Ansible actually by Jeremy Shulman, you know, of Juniper, and you know, once I you know got looking into Ansible, I just saw how easy it was to you know to use in terms of you know being able to to automate different types of devices. So that was you know one part of it. I'll save the detail for a few minutes, but you know, went from Ansible and then you know in parallel, you know, looking at newer technologies, diving into things like NSX, which led me to Open vSwitch and then to OpenStack. So you know, you know, one thing sort of, you know, dovetails, you know, into another to, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. And uh and even Docker, you mentioned Docker, you know, it was funny, you know, that Docker was going on and you know, you sort of you know, you see the Twitter feed going about Docker and you know, it's pretty typical for newer technologies to be, you know, talked about for quite a you know, quite a long time with no one discussing the impact on, you know, what it means for, you know, the physical and or virtual networks. I just said, Hey, you know what the heck, let me just see what this is all about and uh you know, dove in and, you know, didn't spend too much time on it, but you got a good feel for potentially, you know, what the impact, you know, could be going forward. And again, a host of other stuff from, you know, uh, ACI, typical, you know, other programming languages. But yeah, so right now, I guess the side projects have have expanded quite a bit, you know, since I first started.
0: Well, and let me ask you real quick about Ansible. What what like kind of brought you to ansible and what was interesting over you know say the more traditional it's it's kind of funny to call you know puppet or chef traditional at this point but you know the the ones that have been around a little bit longer because i actually they've been you know uh, michael DeHaan has been on the show in the past and, and uh, i kind of learned out, learned about him at oscon last year um, and really kind of sat down and dug deep in the architecture and i found it super super interesting i'm just curious you know what what brought you to ansible You know, I actually try to think back and try to
2: remember, and it was just—I really believe—a conversation I was talking with, you know, Jeremy, you know, from RTP, you know, about Juniper about. And at the time, I was working with One PK, and it was you know Cisco's API One PK. I was working in a in a confined environment, so you know, pre-built virtual machine with virtual routers in there, that uh, you know, leveraging Python to communicate to these routers and. At the time, you know, I remember, you know, trying to do demos actually to customers around 1PK and the framework that I was building and, you know, some different things going on there and even internal actually to where I work today. And I I could just tell, you know, customers and colleagues, you know, they don't, they don't want to deploy, you know, Jason's code, right? You know, who am I? I'm not a programmer. So even, even if I tested it and and they, they liked it, they're not going to deploy, right? My code. And you know, there, there was no framework around it. And then basically, you know, in conversation, you know, Ansible popped up, it was this, you know, brand new thing for me, I've heard of Puppet and Chef. And, you know, as I found out that Ansible is leveraging Python in the backend, the potential I can leverage the Ansible framework with my existing, you know, 1PK Python libraries to communicate and automate Cisco routers, then it was just, this was a, you know, a win-win for me in terms of, You know, what I can actually, you know, demo, you know, builds, uh, test versus building, you know, what I would say everything from scratch. Because when I was on the show last time in October, at the time, I was just, again, it was a project and, you know, building what I called my own controller, building my own APIs. And it was just, you know, a lot of work, great process. But I was, in essence, building my own framework, which, you know, is, you know, it's kind of crazy. And Ansible gives you that, you know, great framework, which it has, you know, default methods. To communicate to a device, you know, you can, you know, leveraging Python and other languages, you can, you know, leverage other native APIs like 1PK, right? Like, you know, Rackspace, Amazon APIs in the back end. So it was, it just, it just was a great fit at the time. And I just continued that, pro, you know, that you know process to the building that going forward.
1: Yeah. I think the thing that I'm, I'm hearing over and over again is kind of two things and you you hit on some of them. One is, you know, Python's kind of becoming, the the go-to default language for for anybody that's dealing with networking so python's kind of becoming the automation language um which is i guess kind of nice because a lot of folks who you know are kind of doing this you know plumbers decoders kind of transition they're going okay which language do i use where do i start so that it feels like more and more of this is being driven by python and the, the other thing I'm i'm hearing and i don't know if this is totally true or not but you know I, I have to imagine that the chefs and puppets and ansibles guys of the world are all while they can do a lot of stuff at some point have to kind of carve out a niche and I, I'm seeing them more and more you know a lot of work with um, uh, Arista a lot of work with cumulus a lot of work with networking stuff so I kind of feel like those guys are, are kind of trying to appeal to the networking crowd more and more um, maybe because it's a little simpler language or you know kind of sp- Model to work in or something? Are you are you seeing some of that or is it just something that you heard about and you went and ran with it?
2: Yeah, so there was two things there. The one, the first one as Python as like the norm and I actually do agree now that it is, but it's funny when I go back almost a year and a half ago, you know, it's funny. I wrote about, you know, my process, you know, what I, what I would say maybe back at the programming you know, I had a year or two of, you know, in high school and it was just, you know, 15 years ago, sort of diving back in that was a year and a half ago. I was actually, you know, paying, you know, I found local college, you know, college students to pay them cheap, trying to work smart for my you know for my education these days. And uh you know, I actually was diving into Java first and then you know this groovy and grills framework and you know, wasn't really sure where to go. And then, you know, I'm glad I landed back onto Python. And now I would definitely say to anybody, you know, Python, you know, should be you know that language. And you hear about this, you know, Dynamic typing and loose, you know, loosely coupled language, and you know, it's it's you know, once you start using it, you can tell how quick it is. So I would definitely say, you know, it, it does seem like it is, um, you know, the the de facto. And again, going back to Ansible, it's even great. Their frameworks based on it, so you can have native and um, if you know native mod- modules um, in Python built into Ansible directly. Okay, cool. and uh, yeah, yeah. The second part was around you know carving you know niche out in these companies. You know, it's kind of kind of surprising, I guess, to, you know, to a certain extent. And uh, yeah, I guess you know the money is the money is there to be had. And you know, seeing the money invested in Puppet this week, you know, thir- you know thirty or forty million dollars, whatever it was, and uh, some official, more formal announcements with a lot of the networking vendors is you know is great. But uh, you know, it's just I, I think it's going to be hard to get there. Just, you know, based on the agent model, I think there's value in it, but I think it's going to just you know take more time to you know to get there when you look at a chef or a puppet that require an agent. You know, versus Ansible is agent list and you can leverage other APIs to communicate uh, to that device.
1: Right, right. And until yep. you until you get to like white box networking stuff, it's tough to get an agent on stuff, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, some of the newer platforms, you know, Nexus 9K, you know, given the ability to load, you know, containers, you know, containers on the box. I haven't seen it myself yet. You know, Arista, you know, very similar And I still want to compare and contrast with how easy it is to, you know, to load, you know, third-party agents on. But, you know, there's still that, you know, supportability, right, in terms of, you know, what happens when you upgrade, you know, the OS on, you know, EOS on Arista and on, you know, whatever, you know, F5, whoever it is, you know, compatibility. And, you know, I just wonder, you know, longer term how that, you know, might impact agent-based architectures in the network space.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, so since the last time we talked to you, how has this this kind of transition, if you will, on nights and weekends, how has it been going? Um, because, you know, and we can kind of talk about the day job stuff and how this all meshes together in a little bit, but you know, this, we, we were talking before we hit record of, of, you know, this idea of, you know, vendor training or, or, you know, on the job training stuff just doesn't happen nearly as much anymore. It is a lot of nights and weekends in this industry these days to, to stay current or get ahead. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you
2: yeah so I've definitely spent a lot of nights and weekends you know doing this kind of stuff so you know there's still vendor training when you're you know learning learning a product but you know it's different you know again in the world of open source and more abstract things like again like Python where it's not a company giving you you know python right it's 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 just out there so a lot of these things you know it becomes up to the individual to you know take their time to go out and you know you know try to you know, see what the hype is all about, you know, and try to really, you know, you know, see if there's value in it for, for them. Because again, I have a lot of, a lot of peers and colleagues that I don't think maybe, you know, see the value just yet, but uh, I think it's been, you know, great for me. It's been addicting, you know, for one, it's been very time consuming. And there, you know, there's been, I remember a few weeks back, I was actually on the road traveling out West and I was going to a different, you know, I was going to an actual training class, you know, funny enough. So I, I was getting, I was going to, uh, you know, to a nine to five, Monday to Friday kind of training. And I had gotten there a day early in the Sunday morning. I just, you know, uh, Sunday morning I got up and I said, Hey, you know what? I, you know, I've, I've done work in Ansible, but you know, it's more about template building and I want to actually push configuration to Cisco router with Ansible. And I figured it was going to be, you know, two, you know, a two hour thing. And, you know, 10 hours later, I'm, you know, through, you know, two meals, I'm still, I'm still going just about finished. So, you know, it's, again, it really is, you know, it's addicting, but at the same time, once you have a, you know, finished, I would say mini, mini
0: project, it feels, it feels great. Cool. And, and for those out there that want to get started with some of this, like, like we mentioned Python and we mentioned Ansible, Um, not necessarily like which products or, or projects do we do, would you focus on if you had to do it over again? But, but from a process standpoint, like if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? What are kind of some lessons learned? Where did you burn a bunch of time that, you know, if somebody else is doing this, you, you know, kind of stay away from this, right?
2: Yeah, no, another uh, good question. It's it's hard to say, you know, I think in the beginning I spent, when I, you know, I actually forgot about, you know, PHP when I first got back into this a year and a half ago, I ended up spending, you know, spending a few weeks actually building a tool for internal use on, you know, professional services dollars, just to, just, just knowing it was going to help me, you know, down the road and more practical use cases, which it is now. So, you know, again, going from something like, again, not an expert, in any of these things, but from like PHP, you know, Java, Groovy Grails framework and Python. And I, I think I would, I would like to say, I wish I went right into Python, but at the same time, you know, for me personally, I think I, it helped just getting that confidence boost, the confidence boost bouncing from language to language, not that deep, but just to see, you know, it really is more about the methodology and the thought process behind it versus the actual the actual syntax. So, you know, I'm glad with, you know, how it panned out. But I would say for somebody looking to jump in, you know, definitely, you know, Python and, you know, looking in the Python shell. Because, you know, there's a difference there when you're building an application in language X where you have to, you know, get it compiled and, you know, let it run so you see where it fails. Where in Python, there's this, you know, the, you know, Python shell or Python interpreter. You can just, you know, go in from a, you know, from a bash prompt and start executing, you know, Python commands and, and see what happens immediately. And that and that feedback is, you know, is tremendous as a, you know, a beginner or a novice just to really see what each command is doing as it's as it's doing it, and not as you're compiling a program after the fact. So I would say, you know, Python is a great place to start. There's some other things that you know, again, you know, I've learned over the past few months and I can't give, you know, Jeremy Shulman enough credit to a lot of this. You know, we've talked, you know, talked a bunch about this, but even, you know, there's things, you know, you know, Jinja 2 and YAML, you know, feedback into Ansible and Python. There's like this quadrant going on with these four, but, you know, just, you know, different types of markup languages like YAML, very easy to read. You can define variables in it. You know, you can have a variable name on the left side, a colon, and then, you know, the actual you know, variable the contents of the variable on the right side. So it's very intuitive to read, and things like you know, you know, even Ginger Two, all these things that I'm, you know, saying now, like I had no idea about a year ago, but you know, you know, I would, you know, those types of things that I've been writing about. Others out there like Jeremy Malzwalts, you know, another independent guy out there blogging about quite a bit. You know, these are the things that those three or four things would be, you know, a great place to start for, you know, a network guy looking to get you know baseline programmability baseline network automation skills for sure
1: very cool very cool now question you know you you're like a lot of folks you know Aaron and I travel a decent amount or you know sporadically you know you talked about hey you maybe you're at a training somewhere like what's your what's your lab environment look like is it something at your house do you do it on your laptop with a bunch of VMs do you go grab you know VMs out of the cloud or something how do you how do you sort of make sure that you know when you get that inspiration that you get you know four hours, eight hours, you can kind of get at your environment?
2: Yeah, no, that's that's funny because right now I'm actually in the process of re- you know redesigning you know you know a home lab because I, I would say right now I do not have a lab at home, which is great again for getting you know, getting involved. So you know my you know my you know lab started and still is on my laptop, and so I had I was due for a refresh. You know, again, year, year and a half ago, I ended up getting this monster of a machine, Lenovo W, you know, W530, max it out, memory, have 32 gig of RAM in there, and you know, so I can I can literally run a few VMs at once. I don't often, but you know, I have one or two VMs, for example, that you know that I just you know have a few virtual routers running in there. And it, again, Cisco has a great learning VM for one PK, which I should believe it might be you know might be free as long as you have a CCO you know login. So I would say that's actually a great VM for everything because once you're in there, you can, you know, you could install whatever you want, you can install Ansible, install these you know third party uh tools. So right now I've done a lot of a lot of work in that. And you know, I'm in the process, you know, I just purchased, you know, trying to you know build it out um you know, because I might try to downsize my laptop. But I you know I was working with other folks to build out a home lab and you know gonna get you know a few servers um you know mainly for virtualization, KVM and OpenStack testing, Open OpenVSwitch, things like that. But, uh, yeah, a few more servers, you know, looking at, you know, one or two small top rack switches, you know, trying to get my hands on a few other things. But, yeah, I would say, you know, for the past, you know, for everything I've written on my blog over the past, you know, several months, it's all been, you know, uh, laptop testing minus, you know, minus one post on, you know, Python on the Nexus 3000. So, Yeah. So that's, that's interesting, but yeah, I plan on expanding hopefully, hopefully soon. I just ordered, you know, two PDUs for home, which have remote access in terms of power cycle. So like you said, so when I'm on the road, you know, devices stay off. And then if I want a VPN in, then I can maybe power one on. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but I'll tell you this, you know, I never in a million years that I imagined, you know, me building out a lab now, I just, I just figured I was done with this sort of home lab testing and, you know, as luck would have it, I guess, as fate would have it, I'm I'm here now looking on eBay, trying to find good deals on equipment.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the thing. At at one point, God, it's been a long time, Aaron, it's probably been a year. You know, we kicked around this idea of like, you know, cloud garage labs where people could basically like sort of check out these pre built environments and we never went and built it, but I don't know. It's, it's always like, it always kind of makes me wonder. I watch people who are like, yeah, my Synology NAS is down again and my environment's (laughs) down. And I'm just like, God, who wants to be dealing with that? But nobody's quite figured out how to how to make a lab environment super easy to get up and running, and make it available for four hours, and then throw it away, and then bring it back. And so, well, yeah,
2: it's it's funny. I so I do have ideas on that. Maybe we can talk offline. Cool. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is, yeah, I actually wouldn't be buying servers, but you know, because I would try to go public cloud as much as I, as much as I can. However, when you want to test networking things, yeah, you know, it's, it's not even for the computing applications. It's really just, hey, if I want to look at you know, open switch or, you know, any other new virtual switch platform or infrastructure and, you know, routing and, you know, failover, yeah. like you do need that sort of stuff in house.
1: Yeah. You got to be able to muck with it. And and yeah, the the underlying IS doesn't let you do a bunch of stuff. So interesting. So let, let's, let's talk for a second and we'll, we'll keep this, uh, at a level that doesn't get you fired, but you know, a lot of folks wonder about, um, you know, what, what happens, uh, you know, when you're working on these things, which is sort of maybe a little bit, you know, it's within the scope of what you do in your job, but then it's a little bit outside of the scope. Like, you know, how much does that affect your job? Do people care? And then I guess the other question is, you know, how much do you go, man, this stuff is way more fun and way more interesting. Uh, You know, the other stuff I'm not as interested in, or you just kind of find that right balance between paying the bills and scratching the technology itch or like, how are you dealing with all that stuff?
2: You know, another another good question, and uh, yeah, it's about finding the right balance. And every every so often, I ask myself this, and and others ask me the same que- the same question is, you know. So what I'm focusing on, basically, you know, could I, or you know, could we be selling services around it to our existing customer base? And uh, you know, it really really makes you think. And you know, I think you know again, if you were to go Fortune 50, Fortune 100, maybe, but when you look at enterprise mid-market, you know, 80% of our, you know, customer base in terms of quantity, the answer, you know, might be no today, right? So I think, you know, sort of, you know, keeps it real in terms of, hey, you know what, I'm in front of customers all the time. And, you know, if I try to bring up some of these things, you know, and I have, you know, I just sort of you know, get brushed off on those topics and hey, you know, let's talk about, you know, this project where we have budget for and, you know, there's requirements for this today. Let's focus on that. So, you know, again, it keeps it, it keeps it real. And, and I have, I have no issues with that. And at the same time, you know, when there is, you know, time with customers, you know, I've given demos and overviews of the framework I was building with 1PK and Ansible, you know, things like that. And, you know, just to, just to make sure, you know, there's some sort of, you know, knowledge transfer and just to, you know, try to, you know, share what's coming because, you know, you know, a lot of customers are, you know, real busy, obviously everyone is, and just trying to you know do my part there. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been, again, it's just been, you know, great experience overall, but, you know, you know, my day job for the most part is, you know, the, you know, I would say more traditional networking still with, you know, with, uh, the SDN, you know, you know, focus around ACI and NSX sort of, you know, picking up on like the forward, you know, the forward thinking stuff in terms of customer facing activity.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's Aaron, you and I always talk about it. It's like we, we get on with, with somebody who's working on cool stuff and we're always like, Hmm, are they, are they way ahead of the curve? Is it like a little niche thing yet? And I think we're always kind of trying to figure out that balance ourselves.
0: Yeah. And, and kind of a follow on to that, Real quick as well is with you physically you know, located close to New York City and, and New York City maybe tending to be a little bit more forward-leaning in the industry um, than, say, some of the other areas of the country. Do you find that you tend to have those conversations more – um, than you maybe normally would if you were in I don't know Washington D C or I don't know <laughs> Minnesota or you know somewhere else in the country besides New York City.
2: Well, I'm not in those other cities, so it's hard to comment. You know, that said, you know, there's you know a few of us more you know network focused. I would say that you know try to plug every so often internally, right, to see what's going on. And yeah, I would say in, a, in every region, you know, there's there's a select few that that are really, you know, pushing the limits, right? So that, you know, the customers that are, you know, looking at different things. And I would say I was at a customer yesterday, I mentioned it, you know, before the recording started, you know, sort of going, you know, toe-to-toe with each other on these newer technologies. And it was great. The customer was, you know, aware of them and, you know, testing some of these things themselves. And, yeah, I think being in New York, you know, there's definitely, you know, maybe a larger number. But in terms of, you know, customers um yeah you know it's it's a mix right and just a matter of you know small pockets qa dev here and there but you know still nothing as you know as, as large scale as one might think with all the hype out there
1: yeah i mean i would definitely put it in the top probably three or four areas you know silicon valley's big seattle and you know austin and stuff but uh i mean just in terms of just in terms of potential it's uh, it's definitely a cool place to be obviously it's new york city so there's there's always going to be stuff that wants to go fast and go faster so uh it's it's a good space to be uh if nothing else so well listen man um so it's cool I, you know I, i'm glad you you made the time to come back and and kind of give us an update on work which you've been working on you know it's been 6 months i know a lot of folks will, you know, hack around on stuff for a few months and then, you know, not make progress and, and give up on it. So it's cool, not only that you're, you know, not only learning this stuff, it's it's applicable, but, you know, I know a ton of people, uh, you know, when you do blog posts, they're retweeting them. They think the stuff you're working on is very, very cool. What's uh, what's potentially next for anybody who, you know, we might have you back on three to six months again. What what do you think you're you, you potentially are looking at? You know what?
2: I, I honestly... I honestly can't say, and, you know, one might think, you know, I have this, you know, grand vision for what I post about, but, you know, I don't, but I would say continue to work in these areas, you know, you know, even those areas from, you know, Ansible, Python, OpenStack, and Docker, you know, I would love to, you know, pursue, you know, each one of those, you know, a bit deeper to look at more complex technologies. So I would say, you know, that for now, and, you know,
1: we'll see where it leads from there. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, um, you know, folks, as we're as we're changing the show around a little bit, give us your feedback. Um, you know, I know th- this is sort of exactly. You know, we used to say the show was going to be about the conversations we have at trade shows. This is really kind of becoming the conversations we have at, at meetups, which become more what are people doing individually, not what some big vendors doing. Um, you know, let us know more about what you want to hear about um, it's It's very cool the kind of stuff Jason's working on. Uh, you know we had Kenny Coleman on last week talking about some of the projects he's doing we're going to have a lot more of that um, but um but you know definitely give us feedback on what you're doing and jason we're going to we're going to hit you up offline on some of your ideas for for some of those projects that uh, might make it easier for you guys uh you know lab projects and so forth so um, listen, where, for folks that, um, you know, want to follow the stuff you're working on or some of the things that people that you follow, like what's a, what's a good thing to keep up with you on?
2: Uh, for me, my blog at com, and on Twitter, I'm jayadelman8.
1: Very cool. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, Aaron, you want to, uh, you want to sort of wrap it up and take us out and then you can, uh, go on and, and take care of what's going on in Colorado.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So if you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at theCloudcastNet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.